You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today, I have Robert Muncaster on the line. Now, Robert has been an entrepreneur as early as 12 years old, and he has spent the last 25 years as an expert in the debt collection industry, actually including owning his own agency. Robert has helped his clients recover millions of dollars while coaching consumers in difficult situations to conquer their challenges and move towards abundance with less stress. Now, utilizing this understanding of human behavior, he is now an NLP trained coach and is able to assist entrepreneurs and tradespeople with improving their cash flow. Now, before we get into our conversation today, because you know it's going to be good, um, I want to shout out our sponsors for today's episode. So our sponsor is Jasmine Mortgage Team. Now, Jasmine and her team knows financing your real estate will pay big dividends to your net worth, and you can sign up for a free consultation on the website at jasminemortgageteam.com. They specialize in mortgages for new home purchases, refinances for primary, secondary, or investment homes. They love the fire movement and especially house fire. Um, Cash out refinances, jumbo, conventional, FHA, doctor loans, you name it, they got it. So if you're interested in getting any flavor of mortgage you can think of, um, Jasmine Mortgage Team is available to help you and you will find them at jasminemortgageteam.com. All right. Well, now that that's out the way, hey, Robert, how are you today? Great. How are you, Tiffany? I'm doing pretty good. So I am excited to talk to you because we're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart, um, (laughs) and that's entrepreneurship and how it relates to your money. So I think to start off, um, because we kind of mentioned a little bit before we hit record the different types of entrepreneurs there are. So maybe we can use that as a baseline. So what is a solopreneur? A solopreneur, um, a great reference is, what is the book? Uh, Excuse me. Um, So there's solopreneurs um, are basically the technicians. They've been in, uh, they've been doing a certain field, a certain task, and they believe that they can do it on their own and they can cut their boss out and they can venture it on their own. So they become solopreneurs um, or technicians moving to being you know, business owners, there's entrepreneurs and, you know, the entrepreneurs, they start to move into the management role, moving away from the technician into the management role. And then there's managers. Um, And so it's really about how many people you have and how much you're delegating really dictates if you're a a solopreneur or uh, an entrepreneur. Very good. Very interesting. Um, Because I know, you know, we use all these preneur terms, um, (laughs) like a a dualpreneur and all these other things. Um, So it's interesting that, you know, people can identify with different ways that they're running their business um, with what type of preneur they are. I would say entrepreneur, but like I said, it's so many different kinds. Um, So the book is is by Michael Gerber. Um, Michael Gerber. It's it's just escaping me the name. Um, But yeah, it's uh, what he says is there's entrepreneurs or sorry, solopreneurs, technicians, he calls them managers, entrepreneurs and investors. So those are the four. And, you know, we all start, you know, coming into it. A lot of times, most most of the time we start as 
solopreneurs. Um, the idea is, is to move to be an investor eventually where it's completely hands off, it's passive and I'm not looking at day to day or I'm not even really looking at the business at all. It's just giving me a, a, a paycheck or money in. Oh, well, I have a new goal. I want to be an investor. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, what are the challenges of solopreneurs and business owners to fortify their finances? I know personally, uh, I have struggled at times, and that's with being a financial counselor. But, um, you know, being a solopreneur, entrepreneur, what have you, it looks completely different than working your nine to five. So what are some challenges that we might run into as business owners? Uh, as a new business owner, as a solopreneur, the, I think one of the biggest challenges is the art of delegation or not. We try to wear all the hats um, for accounting. Oh, I can do this. I'll just get QuickBooks and I'll do some entries. And, and you know, we, we invest so much of our time doing what we're not familiar with. And the, the secret sauce is to focus as much time on the technician or on being the manager or being the entrepreneur and allowing your team to do what they're good at. So it's putting in place people that are experts, they're efficient with their time because they know how to do the task. So I think one of the biggest challenges, and I think it, you know, is, is time management is, you know, all different, all different uh, parts of the machine are rolling uh, as a new business owner. We want to be on top of all of them. And perhaps at the beginning it's beneficial because I see how it works. Um, but the challenge is, is, is delegating it, is, is moving it off your table so that you can do what you do best, whether that's the sales process, whether that's the, the product delivery. Yeah. And, you know, I just had this conversation with another entrepreneur friend um, <laughs> where we were talking about how hard it is to give up your baby. Right. Um, and that might be the wrong way to put it. But, you know, just giving up the reins sometimes is very difficult. And one thing I said to her was I waited too long to give up the reins. Um, I waited until I started getting burnt out, trying to do everything all by myself. And then, you know, we both agreed once we hired our first people, we were like, oh, I don't want to do anything anymore. <laughs> and then it just made it easy to start like giving up the reins to other specialists um, and let them focus on what they're um, you know, their specialty is. So I wholeheartedly agree with that. And if we have any business owners listening, please start delegating as early as possible. Do not do like I did and wait too long and get burnt out. So. Yeah, there, you know, there's a lot of accounts that offer virtual CFO positions now where you pay them a, a monthly fee and part time they act as your chief financial officer. And I think, you know, you touched on the baby. I, I, when I started my business, I looked at my cash flow as being the blood of my baby. I didn't, you know, and and so where, how am I efficiently using it, or am I needlessly draining this this cash flow? And so that was my perspective. And I think the very beginning, you know, to have a good foundation, you want to have a great accountant at the beginning. They will pay for themselves in reductions and cash flow, and then you know exactly where you are day to day uh, once you have that financial system set up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that as well. Um, I had started a business during COVID, um, you know, when COVID broke out in 2020, because of course I couldn't do a lot of what I was already doing um, because everything was shut down. So I couldn't speak. And so 
with that business, it wasn't until I hired a bookkeeper where I was like, oh, okay, now, because, <laughs> you know, revenue and profit is two different things. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the revenue looked great, but the profit was like, oh, but having that insight. Um, and so just to add on to what you're saying, you know, there's different levels to the accounting thing, too, um, because there's bookkeepers, which are like, you know, beginner, you know, they just keep up with your books and make sure everything is right. Then there's the accountants and then there's the CFOs, um, the fractional CFOs. And I think I've had at least one of every person on this podcast talking about that. So if you're interested, I'll put the links for all those episodes. But it's um, a difference in what they all do. And so I feel like understanding what you actually need is important as well um, because they're all very different. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Now, what is another challenge um, that entrepreneurs or small business owners might run into on this journey? One of the biggest challenges I see is ambiguity in agreements is I'm a technician, I'm here to offer my services and not creating clear agreements with my customers, maybe not even having a clear product offering and just creating something on the fly and saying, I'm so good at this. Um, I think it creates confusion in the market and a confused, a confused client doesn't buy. And so the clearer my agreement is with them up front, it's so powerful because, you know, as a business owner, as, as owning a collection agency for 25 years, I would say 80% of the files that I received for collection were based on not a clear agreement. And that's why it went to collections. It was a difference of opinions. Um, you know, as let's say a, a contractor, I had a home automation company come in and, you know, one of the arts of if you're going to be doing that type of work in somebody's home is having a clear agreement at the beginning, giving them an estimate, give, and getting them to sign a work order. And if they say, oh, I like that, while you're here, can you dig this ditch or whatever it is you're doing and having a change order on hand to say, no problem, I'll do that, sign here. And now you're proving that they've requested it because without that change order, what I've seen so many times over and over again is, oh no, that was included in the price. Oh no, no, I, I that they just threw that in, I appreciate it. And with that ambiguity, now where does it go? It, it can go to court, it can go to collections, or it can just not get, you know, it, it it's such a challenge. And so having, you know, at the beginning of your product offering, at the beginning of your business, is sit down, invest the money with a lawyer and create clear agreements and know, understand the process. That is so important. And I would also add, have agreements, period. <laughs> um, because some people don't even have agreements. They're just like, oh, yeah, I can do this for you. And, um, you know, it's just a verbal thing. But I have run into business consulting clients where they're like, okay, the scope creep, like you were saying, <laughs> you know, where it's like, oh, well, can you do this? Okay, you do that. Okay, you do this. Oh, I thought this was included. And, da, 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 da. and it just causes a whole bunch of trouble. And I've even personally dealt with that as well to where I had to put the brakes on a client because I'm like, wait a minute, like this is not, you know. Um, So having that 
document or something that says exactly what you're supposed to be doing, whether it's in the form of an estimate, an agreement, you know, depending on your business model is so very important. And I cannot stress that enough. So thank you for bringing that up. And if it is an estimate, then having a clear agreement that they accept that estimate. That's the, you know, I can give you an estimate and they call it, okay, go ahead. How do I prove that they said that? And to actually go one step further in the collection process, if there is no clear agreement and I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a paralegal, I'm not licensed to provide legal advice. In my experience, what I saw, what I've seen is if it goes to court and you don't have a clear agreement of what your remuneration is, what you're charging, well, now I've seen you have to bring three experts in to quote what they would charge for the job. And then it goes to the the difference of the, or, you know, the average of the three, but still it's up to the courts to say, I agree with these numbers. So if you don't have, if hey, I'm going to charge you $60 an hour, for example, and this is what I'm going to do, but we have a handshake and they say no, and some, and you can't find somebody that says, you know, we can do it for $20, it's going to affect you. And so having that clear agreement, following it through, if it does get litigated, the signed agreement is more powerful than three other professionals giving an estimate. And that's what you're going to have to rely on to figure out the market value of your work if you choose not to have that clear agreement. That's awesome. I'm actually in my brain going through like, do all my clients have agreements? I need to go back and look. Um, uh, But that is an awesome point. Um, So thank you. Uh, Now, what other challenges, maybe one more challenge that us small business owners might be facing on this journey? Good question. What is the third? Um, (laughs) No problem. We could edit this part out. Number three would be time management. You know, as, as we were uh, touched on is, you know, the time management. You know, if you're focused for an hour, you actually would get more done in an hour than you would in a full eight hour day being unfocused. Um, I think that is one of the one of the big things that I've found is, you know, you you sit down. I, I sit down at my desk and I start going and I look up and it's already six o'clock in the evening and it's, oh, geez, where did my day go? Um, So having a very strong schedule, living by the schedule, living by, you know, Calendly or or whatever schedule um, software system you have in place. But it's so powerful because even sitting down for a half an hour and just focusing on one thing is multitudes more efficient than saying, okay, I'm going to do this. Oh, the wind blew that way. I'm going to go over here and over here. And oh, I got a phone call. And yeah, I can definitely attest to that. Um, Like you say, as we were talking before we hit record, um, you know, working from home, not even just being a small business owner, entrepreneur, what have you, but even now that more people are working from home, even with their day jobs, it's so easy to get sidetracked with chores, you know, laundry's over there, dishes need to be done, um, thinking about what's for dinner, thinking about, ooh, let me go get a snack, (laughs) TV's there, bed 
kids there. You know, there's so many different distractions when you're at home. And I would also add as well, one thing that has helped me is to get out of my home. (laughs) Um, So now I have an office um, downtown and I'll go there to work when I really want to get stuff done. Um, Because I noticed that when I'm there, it's not as many distractions. Now, granted, it is like a co-working space. So other entrepreneurs stop in and say, hey, but it's not as bad as being at home. (laughs) Um, So I highly recommend if you can afford it as a small business owner, definitely get some type of co-working space or something where you can get out of the house because I found that to be very helpful. Um, Another thing I found was using a Pomodoro timer. So I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that is where you do 20 minutes of solid work, five minute break, 20 minutes of solid work, five minute break. Um, And then, you know, you do a whole cycle and then you get a longer break. Now, I love that. Like when I'm trying to get something done, like for real, for real (laughs) Um, and not trying to mess around, I'll go ahead and put on the app, the timer and I'll get it done. And it's amazing, like you said, how much you can get done with just that one piece of focus um, where, you know, it's like I can sit here and finish a whole article in like the first 20 minutes. And if I wasn't, you know, focused, it would take me forever because I'm like, oh, well, oh, I got to do this after this and I got to do this, you know. (laughs) Um, So those are kind of my two tips that has helped me as an entrepreneur kind of get through that. Um, and then one more, actually. Oh, one, go the, ahead. one thing that you brought up, and, and it's the phenomenon of, of today, is is working from home. And how does one separate their home life from their workspace? And one of the tips I heard many moons ago is um, commute to work. If it means walking around the block, from leave your house, walk around the block, and then when you get back to the same door, you go straight to work because it, it does provide a bit of separation um, mentally of, you know, OK, I did my commute, which separates the, the work from the home. And then at the end of the day, do the same, you know, you commute, you, you know, exit the building, you know, go for a walk and then come back and and now you're at home. And so just having that separation, I think, uh, provides a lot more focus and I like that. I like that. I'm like, dang, I should have took a walk before I started this podcast. No. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll save my last tip for another episode because I like that one a lot better. <laughs> um, but thank you so much, Robert, for coming on the show today. This was a great conversation. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of other small business owners out there. Now, if people were interested in finding out more about you, what you do, um, how could they uh, find you? You can find my website. It's robertmuncaster.com. And simply uh, shoot me an email. The email is uh, I am at robertmuncaster.com and or use the contact form. And I'd uh, love to have a conversation if there's anything I can do to be of service. By all means, just ask. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if you are driving or, you know, multitasking while you're listening to this, I will have all of that in the show notes. So don't worry. Just click the show notes and all the links will be there. Um, Thank you so much again, Robert, for coming on. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>